0: Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Centre. We give you glory and honour on this Sunday morning, for this year is the day of the Lord. This is the Sabbath that you've determined and set there for us, so that we would not forsake our assembly together, but come to the house of the Lord, be filled with the Word of God, strengthened with all power in the inner man with the spirit of wisdom and revelation all the time permuting every part of our inner being that we may have revelation in the knowledge of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior in all spiritual wisdom and understanding discerning and all the gifts of the Holy Spirit at our availability with the supply of your Holy Spirit we can never fail with the presence of your power in our lives we can overcome anything For Lord, yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Feed us with your word. Feed us with what inspired generations and generations of people over thousands of years to serve the living God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. It's very good to see you all as we come to the end of our winter season from here is the turning point and the days are becoming warmer now and so uh, we're looking at a different point of view August month that lies right ahead of us is the month of warming up and I have little bitches here and there little cold spells don't worry about those because they quick and they pass but it's good to see you all today you're looking good you're all dressed up for the house of the Lord in any which way and uh, just Smile at somebody around you before I continue. Just give somebody a good smile. Say hello to somebody over there. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the Word of God. We thank you that in this moment in time, we can go to the book of the Thessalonians. Maybe I will just look at some of this um, writing here where Paul is busy talking to the Thessalonians, and um, we see that it says, you Paul, Silvanus, in other words, Silas. Silas is also same, same name for Silvanus, another name there, and Timothy. We all know about Timothy, an ex- extraordinary person, Timothy, and the, the more I study his life, And I wonder, you know, how these people managed to get so empowered and so very pointed at spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a matter of life and death in every family that they would receive Jesus. It is a matter of life and death in any workplace that they would receive Jesus. If there's darkness continuing in the hearts of people because of sin, And the ignorance that is in this world, the world lies in the sway of the evil one under the power of the prince of the air, the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. But come the Sunday morning, the day of the Lord, as we call it in the Bible, our Sabbath day, then we assemble like we do now, and we come to worship the Lord. Tonight we flow with the Spirit of God. Now, if I look at this here, Paul writes to the church of the Thessalonians, In God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not read all of this, but I will tell you about what happened here. Two very important things. Paul the Apostle went on his missionary journeys. The first one was much shorter than the other ones. He traveled to Cyprus from... uh, from Salamis to Paphos, from Paphos he went to Antalya, Antalya, he went to Perga, up to the place of Iconium of uh, Presidia, and then from there he went to Lystra and Derbe, D-E-R-B-E, Derby, And then back again, the, exactly the same road from Derbe to Lystra to Iconium and to Presidia and down, to the coastline and back again, that he would finally get his way all the way to the city of Antioch. From Antioch, he would launch out on his second missionary journey, this time traveling north over land and to Troas, where he grew up, where he was an inhabitant of the city of Troas, no mean city, as he calls it also in the Bible. From Troas, he goes up again to uh, Derby and then to Lystra and then to Iconium, and then he cuts right across overland uh, towards uh, the city of the Colossians. He arrives in Ephesus, spends three years of fervent labor for the Lord, has a huge impact on that city, has to deal with things that aggravate the spirit of anybody that's godly. All the fornication that was going on there. And uh, the idol worship. He works there for three years. And finally, he leaves there, goes up to Philippi. Troas over the sea now. He lands in uh, the place there by Philippi. And from Philippi, now of course, we see that... um, He gets tortured, and they get beaten out there in Philippi, but he refuses to leave just easy, and they have to apologize to him publicly. And then him uh, and his entourage, he had always had, Luke was with him, Paul, Silas, there were Timothy. These men joined him. Timothy joined him on his second missionary journey, but now he was with him all the way. And he goes from Philippi uh, after this incident there of being ridiculously um, punished for nothing in Philippi, he now moves out to Thessalonica. Now the story of Thessalonica is where we pick up in the Bible. You see, a lot of people know the Old Testament. They know about David. They know about Goliath. They know about a lot of things, but they do not know the New Testament. And the New Testament as a whole has a picture that speaks. The Bible is a picture and it speaks to us. Very clearly speaks to us. And uh, so if you listen to all these places, you see what happened there, uh, you realize that, that this man, when he arrives in the place of Thessalonica, it is an amazing thing because for three weeks he teaches in the synagogue. He always goes straight to a synagogue, always finds, like even in Athens, he first goes to see if there's a synagogue, except when he came to Philippi, there he went to the seaside because there were not enough Jews. They normally have their own synagogue, but there wasn't one, so they go down and they get Lydia, the seller of purple, and the whole story that happened there in Philippi. We spoke about that. Here we are in Thessalonica or Thessalonica, as they would say, depends on what you want. If it is... Uh, if, uh, if it is Greek, it's Thessaloniki. It's a different way of pronouncing the word. But he gets there, and here it's like dry grass and a match that lights up a flame in the grass. They take fire for Jesus. And what he achieved in like three years, teaching in the school of Tyrannus out there in... Um, in the city of Ephesus, now it's like a flame of fire in dry grass. It spreads. It spreads into the whole province of Macedonia. This church would become a foremost city. It's a heavily populated place. Even today still, Thessalonica is quite populated. He speaks the word that Jesus is the Christ and he tells them specific things that is very important that He teaches them. He talks about Jesus Christ is the Lord. He is Lord. God the Father raised His Son from the dead. And through Him, through faith in His name, one can be saved. And one can also give your life to Him. He would come into your life. You'd become a temple of the living God. And then there is this wonderful thought that washed away, all of your sins are washed away, and filled with the Holy Spirit, you have something to look forward to, namely the resurrection from the dead. So with that being said, there were some Jews after three weeks that really got um, aggravated by Paul and his teachings. And he had his whole entourage of which I named them in, the named, named them, uh, mentioned the names of those men that were with him. He had a few people that traveled with him at all times and they were protecting him like he was the key man at that time. And of course, the key man even to us today, that he would lead us through his letters that were read more than anybody else's letter in the history of the planet. Everybody's reading the letters of Paul. Uh, But some people read our letters and see what it was. I once saw a man of God, John G. Lake, in a letter that he wrote. And I thought to myself, this is a man of God that writes just here. And I treasured that letter, and I actually, eventually, it disappeared in all my documents. But uh, it's got to be somewhere where John G. Lake, that planted the church in Africa here, from uh, landing in Cape Town, coming up north, and even ministered out in Krugersdorp, and uh, also in Durenfontein, out there towards Bramfontein, Johannesburg, but there, about eight kilometers from where I live right now, was the church of John G. Lake. He writes a letter and man, I tell you, I've never read, read any letter from anybody in this day and age like that letter of John G. Lake. But be as it may, Paul also now, because of these people that uh, the Jews out there in Thessalonica, they gather themselves a bunch of what um, the Bible called low lifes. Literally, the Amplified Bible talks about low life people. They, of course, uh, gather all these like what the Living Translation called like scoundrels, and they stir up, um, you know, just a a rebellion in the city. And of course, at that time, Paul is taken down to the seaside, and he's got to go on sea towards Athens. Now, in the meantime, there's all this happening, and of course, they take a security against the life of, of Jason, that he would be there as a surety for this situation that take, took place there, which really meant nothing because it was an illegal strike, if you will. It was an illegal rebellion there. They tried to get Paul, but he is on the way to Athens. Now, as I told you now about this story to bring you in the picture of, we talk about Moses, we talk about Daniel, we talk about, you know, the Babylonian captivity, but do you know your New Testament? Do you know under what circumstances, what was written to whom and where. What happened in the cities that caused Paul to write letters, those letters apply to our lives. We read the letters of Paul all the time. You find verses in there. They absolutely apply every one of his letters to everybody in this place. There is a message in his letters to you and I. If we read the Bible every day, we'll find something in his letters towards us. Now, written about 50 years AD, this letter happens to the Thessalonians. But I need to tell you a little bit more about this situation. Paul is overcome with love for the Thessalonians. He loves these people. They respond like Like I say, a fire in the hot grass or in the summer grass or this time of the year we have the dry grass. They respond to the Word of God. They grow quickly. It's amazing what one can achieve with the help of the Holy Spirit within a short period of time. As it is written, and as I study and research in these documents, which I've done in times past and even again refreshed a week ago this past week, it is said that Paul spent in totality about three months in Thessalonica. And so from there, he would go to Berea. And from Berea, there he found people that were, that were really keen. They were noble-minded. They searched the word daily to see if it was so. But now with the rebellion that happened in Thessalonica, he moved on. He sends back Timothy. Because he is absolutely falls in love with this place, no letter expresses such love towards people, as you see the apostle here he's busy telling the people of Thessalonia of his love. You read that letter and look out for the word love, faith, hope, and love it's the three key words of this disciple where you have him talk about them and 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 he 's just absolutely he's so bothered that by landing at uh, Athens. He sends the people. He finds himself now alone in Athens, but he sends them back under the leading of Timothy to find out how it's going. Timothy gets there and finds them on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. What a report. They come back to him in Athens, and Paul is so greatly pleased with these people that he begins to write to them. But there's also a report that comes in First and Second Thessalonians to him. Because Paul said, obviously said, that there's going to be a resurrection from the dead. In the meantime, here's the story. Some people had family members die. But they were not raised from the dead. Paul spoke about the resurrection of the dead. Paul spoke about the Antichrist. And all these things that happen in the last days, it's a very prophetic twofold letter, both written about the same time in successions, 1 and 2 Thessalonians. And uh, about 50 years AD, said to be the first letters of the New Testament, the first books of the New Testament that were gathered And set in order with the rest of the books of the New Testament. They were first. Then the gospels followed and all the rest that would follow. As Paul would write, they would capture his letters and spread them in the churches. So now people were dying because some of the people were still not alive. Paul would find out about this. He loved Thessalonica, Thessaloniki. He just loved that place. And it is a beautiful place. If you look at, if you look at uh, maps and things and images of Thessalonica or Thessaloniki, if you look at that, you'll see that it's a beautiful place. And, uh, but the people in the city really caught Paul's attention. And so did the people of Berea. But he now writes to the people and he says, Listen, listen now. Don't, don't think that if one or two died, it's over concerning the resurrection of the dead. Now he begins to talk. He says, and I want to just attract your attention to some verses here which he spoke and he spoke with such power. If you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter number one, you can read the rest. You should read this in this coming two weeks. These two chapters of the Bible, two books of the Bible, First and Second Thessalonians, they are amazing books. He says in verse five, he says, our good news. He begins to talk about things like the gospel of God. There's the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then he begins to talk about the day of the Lord and the day of God in his letters, like in 1 Corinthians 15, the day of God and the gospel of God. Now, for our good news regarding salvation, in verse 5, 1 Thessalonians, came to you not only in word, but in its inherent power, and in the Holy Spirit and with great conviction. Power in the Holy Spirit and with great convictions. Now, I must tell you this that if you look at this, if you go to 1 Corinthians, you go to the um, uh, letter of the Corinthians. Let me just see if I get it here in this Bible quick enough. But I got more than one Bible here available. So I can do it anyway. Some Bibles are. are part of memory, and some Bibles are not because they're in a different translation. Now, in 1 Corinthians 2 and, and verse number 4 and 5, he speaks these words. He says, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Were not with persuasive words of human wisdom but with the demonstra- demonstration of the Spirit and a power, the Holy Spirit power that was there along with His preaching, so that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Back again to the book of Thessalonians, and there you see, he says in 1 verse 5, he says, For our good news regarding salvation Came to you not only in word but also in its inherent power and in the Holy Spirit and with great conviction on our part. Let me tell you this that this world has seen now thousands, thousands of preachers upon thousands upon hundreds, even millions, I suppose, over 2,000 years. We have seen preach after preach or sermon after sermon, whatever is preached. We've had all this over 2,000 years. If you go to television, it's cluttered with people still preaching to whoever they're aiming to preach at. And that just goes out all the time. Over 2,000 years of it. How many thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of sermons have gone off the platform. But Paul says, my Sermon, my speech and my preaching was not in the enticing words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and His inherent power that's working on the inside of us towards God's people. This kingdom of God, as it was known and ignored by many people over the last period of time, This Kingdom of God is not just a speech of a platform. It's full of the power of the Holy Spirit to transform lives and change people to come out of darkness to the light of the Kingdom of God. A king shall reign in righteousness and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Let me tell you, anybody even watching on the internet, on the the internet that's ignorant, that do not believe what's going on. There is power in the Word of God. There is healing in the Word of God. There is deliverance in the Word of God. There is salvation in the Word of God. There is victory in the power of the blood of Jesus. Stand up, give the Lord a praise offering. Come on. There is victory. There is victory for you. Yes. Okay. When you arrive, like at Ephesus, and you cast out demons, when you arrive at Philippi, And the miraculous just happens. People begin to believe. You see, a speech does not save. Jesus does. And if that speech is driven by the Holy Spirit, then Jesus will. Because there's always How many of you want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you today? Okay, let's go on with this. I want to take you, therefore, to what was the whole thing about Paul. Now, the people are saying, but you know... Now we're grieving. There's some of our loved, our loved ones have died, and the Lord is coming. And You know, in the Mediterranean world, in that world of the ancient world, that was Grecian and Roman, with Alexander the Great, with um, um, Philippa, King Philip II of Macedonia, or Macedon, that came there to Philippi, they were used to seeing parades of the kings during the Roman Empire. When kings went out and conquered, they would have great parades. They would have, there would be a whole situation, trumpets blowing, flags wavering, crowds gathering on the sides of the streets. We see this even in the movies. You see these, these things where kings come through and the people are clapping hands and, and, they, and then the king would go to a place and there would be speeches made and they would exalt some form of emperor or Caesar or whatever of the Roman Empire. They would do it even in the Grecian Empire with Alexander the Great. Even in the days of the Bible, like with the case of King Jehoshaphat returning to Jerusalem with a victory march, they would walk and there would be accolades but now people are dying, and the King has not yet come. So what now? So we turn, therefore, to the book of First Thessalonians 4, and I want to read this for you and to you, because I think it is important. I will read it here from the Amplified Bible, uh, which is like the Bible I use quite a lot these days. But First Thessalonians 4:13. Paul says, I do not want you to be uninformed believers about those who are asleep in death so that you will not grieve. See, there's the grieving because some people have died. You will not grieve for them as the others do that do not have no hope. Beyond this present life, So what happens to my mother, my father that's just died? What happens to a sister or a brother or a child, one of the children that just died? But if they died in Christ Jesus, blessed are they, for they will come out of that ground again. Can you say amen? They will be raised from the dead, as others do have no hope beyond this present life. For if we believe, verse 14, that Jesus died and rose again, as in fact he did, Amplified Bible, even so God, in the same way, by raising them from the dead, will bring with him those believers who have fallen asleep in Jesus. In other words, if I take it in this particular uh, rendition here, It says here uh, in verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain Thessalonians, Little False Christian Center, Rudaport. let me tell you today that you will not precede your family members who have died and are asleep in Christ Jesus, but they will first be raised from the dead and then you will also be changed for them. In a twinkling of an eye, it will be like that when you receive your glorified bodies. Is this too much for the living God who created all the universe, everything in creation that, that even exists, even the angels of God? were created by him and for him and for his purpose. Is this too much for him to say, I raise you again from the dust of the earth? That we are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself, verse 16, will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of an archangel. See, there comes the king, And you see, now they see, okay, they would build up the crowds as a king was walking through a city, but here, this king is above us. And the dead in Christ, verse 16, will rise first. Then are we, notice that little verse. I need to say that again. It's just that important. Thessalonians, don't worry. Don't be concerned. You have hope. There's not a, and not a case if you have, you shouldn't mourn like those who have no hope because you must know that's a temporary separation from that person. That person's coming out of that grave. That person's not staying there. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain. It's like you say, you're standing on the earth, there below the earth. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up at that means, okay, the Greek word for harpazo is like this. I'll do it like this. I'll switch this mic off and he switched off. Put it down there. Put it down there. Now, harpazo means to snatch up in a hurry and to depart, like a thief that comes in the night, like that. So it's, it is like this happens. The people below the ground... They are changed and receive glorified bodies. They return to those bodies from heaven above, those who are in paradise of the third heaven right now. They return to those bodies. Once united, they are raised by God Almighty through the ground surface, not with the help of angels with spades. They are coming out of those graves. Everywhere, in glorified bodies, set alight in the glory of God. The people remaining on planet earth, these people are set alight by the glory of God. Change in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. The Greek word atomo tells you about the speed. It's an atomic particle of time. When God's power that created this universe is released, one time, they come out of those graves. And we who are alive and remain shall be changed with them. Like Paul says in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all fall asleep, but we shall all be changed. In a tomo, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, like you blink with your eye and you're there. That's just like that fast. There's God at work. Everybody say God at work. Caught up together, verse number 17, with them to be in the clouds, and to meet the Lord in the air. This is not the second advent. As I said, when, when's the night here? Uh, the second advent is when he comes down and for the Armageddon to reign for a thousand years. But enough of that. That snatch up, I put this thing down here. It's like if I, if I put that, that microphone down there and I come and I do that. It's almost like somebody that is, uh, that's a handbag thief. They don't walk up to somebody and says, listen, uh, I'm putting on your handbag, don't you mind, I, 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 I'm, I want to steal your handbag. Does that work like that? Or do they come and they run, and they run off with a handbag? So that's harpazo. You see? And that's when the Lord comes to fetch you. So those who have died, we understand clearly, are those who are asleep in Christ Jesus. If they're saved, they're in paradise in the third heaven, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. There they wait. And when the Lord, the bridegroom, comes down, he comes down on that day, there's the sound of of the trumpet, the voice of the archangel, a command, and the Lord comes down at that moment of the command. The power of God is released. There's power in the word of God. There's power in the commands of God. When God gives the command. He releases his power, brings the people out of the graves and they are united with you who know them, who know your family and some of your family that you don't even know, that you haven't met. And you see them instantly and you'll have a meeting session to find out who your family actually is. Generations going back. You know, you're Great-grandfather and great-great-grandfather and great-great-great-grandfather could be all saved people, you know, that they believe in Jesus. question is, unto the salvation of their souls. And so Paul talks about this, and then he he comes here. Then we who are alive and remain will be simultaneously caught up, raptured together with them, the resurrected ones in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And we will always be with the Lord. And then he says, therefore, all this that happened there, suddenly people have died in Thessalonica. I'm telling you now, Thessalonica. Comfort and encourage one another with these words concerning the reunion with the believers who have already died. So Paul the apostle speaks. But then something else happened. Then there's a new rumor and that actually causes the second letter. The new rumor is, "Oh, the day of the Lord has already come." Those people who are dead, they dead. Day of the Lord's come. Day of the Lord's come and gone. And of course, this very much upsets Paul. I tell you what: when Jesus comes, we shall see him. When he comes, we shall see the Lord. And every knee, I promise you, every knee shall bow. Now, at this point in time, when they said the day of the Lord has already come, Paul starts penning his second letter, and he says, whoa, wait a minute. The day of the Lord will not come unless. Second Thessalonians chapter number two for you right now. He says, in Second Thessalonians chapter number two, and he begins to talk again with the people. And you know, we, as, as we are Christians, we should know these things clearly. You see, First Thessalonians chapter number 4, verse 23, speaks about Jesus coming to get us. But then what happens after the church has departed? And how will be the time of the world when the church is going to be departing? so he says here in second Thessalonians and in the second chapter he begins to unfold the profile of what must happen we see it running along with Revelation chapter number six we have the four horses of the apocalypse and you have Revelation 6 you have the rider on the white horse Revelation chapter 13, the Antichrist coming out of the sea, the peoples of the world. And then we see how it goes on to Revelation from 13 through to 16. We see how the Armageddon takes place. Uh, Zechariah chapter 14. And we see the, the Armageddon takes place. We see mystery Babylon 17 and literal Babylon 18 destroyed. And finally, the Lord coming down. Now it's a rider of the white horse. Revelation 19 from verse number 11. And he destroys the Antichrist with a sword that comes from his mouth, the breath of his mouth, the sword of his mouth. Now, chapter number two of Second Thessalonians. Now, in regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus and our gathering together to meet him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, the people of Thessaloniki, Thessalonica. Not to be quickly unsettled or alarmed either by a so-called prophetic revelation of a spirit or a message or a letter alleged to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. So now the people of Thessalonica, they are again, well, you know, some people have died now and we're still over and we're looking up towards the heavens and we wanted Jesus to come and fetch us. Paul has just wrote, wrote, written a letter to them and said to them that they will all come out of those graves. And now he says, but when the day of the Lord comes, he says, let no one deceive you. Verse three, in any way, Entrap you so that the day of the Lord will not come. Tell you that story. It's not going to come because it's it's done now. Unless here are the signs of the times of the end time that would lead us straight into Revelation 6. It connects up to Revelation 6. But this is the preamble. It's like this is the atmosphere of the final hour. He says, that day will not come unless the apostasy, apostasia. You know what that means? To to deny the faith, to throw overboard all your conviction and your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is a terrible thing. By that doing so, people commit themselves to eternal hell and damnation. Because there's no other way. It's either up to be with the Lord, to be in the life eternal, or it is to eternal damnation and awaiting the lake of fire and brimstone that burns forever and ever. Let no one, verse three, deceive you in any way and trap you, for the day will not come unless the apostasy will come first. The upfall, the falling away, the apostasy. You see, it's almost reminding me of the book of the Laodiceans, the lukewarm church, where God says, you know what, I've come to you. And you know what? I would that you'd be either cold or hot. But now just because you're lukewarm for me, I will spew you out of my mouth. But here it says, it goes on and says apostasy then, comes first. The great rebellion, the abandonment of faith. The great rebellion, the abandonment of faith by professed Christians. Chapter number two, Amplified Bible, verse number two. 14, as we go on here. It's actually number three, sorry. The abandonment of faith by professed Christians and the man of lawlessness. This is the Antichrist. Here we clearly have a description of the Antichrist. He's called the man of lawlessness is revealed. The son of destruction, number two. The Antichrist, number three. The one who is destined to be destroyed, number four. Who opposes and exalts himself, verse four, number five. And exalts himself so proudly and so insolently above every so-called God or object of worship that he actually enters and takes his seat in the temple and publicly proclaims that he himself is God. This is the Antichrist. This is the Antichrist. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I was telling you about these things? You see, they heard the story, but now Paul put it in sequence in order that they might also know the story. That's why these two chapters provide the Christian who reads them with a surety and a security, a sureness, confidence, faith, that you would not be like those who have no hope. And you know now what restrains him from being revealed. So it is that he will be revealed at his own appointed time for the mystery of lawlessness, number six. Rebellion against the divine authority, the coming reign of of the lawless man is already at work. So there are many antichrists around, says the book of 1 John tells us, chapter 2, 3, 4. But he's restrained until only until he who comes who now restrains it is taken out of the way. God is holding this thing under his control. And at the moment of the restraining that it's over, everybody's departed to be with the Lord in the air. The time has come. If the rapture of the church takes place today, you may know that tomorrow this could happen, what we're reading here now. Then the lawless one, number nine, the Antichrist will be revealed. And the Lord will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by his appearance at his coming. The appearance of the Lord at his coming. The coming of the Antichrist, the lawless one, is through the activity of Satan attended with power of all kinds, counterfeit miracles, deceptive signs, and false wonders, all of them lies. And by the unlimited seduction to evil, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who are perishing, because they did not welcome the love of the truth, so as to be saved, the truth of the gospel, says the Amplified, so as to be saved, they were spiritually blind, and rejected the truth that would come and would have saved them. Because of this, God will send upon them, a misleading, a strong delusion, a misleading influence, an activity of error and deception. So will they will not believe the truth, but they will believe the lie. It is very easy to believe the lie. It is said that, you know, one positive person can influence three people to also be positive. But one negative person can influence 25 people to also be negative. If you have one negative person, they can stir up a rebellion, as Paul the Apostle received it Yeah, And as we see now, he clears up one issue. Don't worry. The Lord is coming. He's going to take you out of the graves. Number two, the Lord has not come because the Lord will only come once the Antichrist is made manifest. And so we see that the church departs, like in Revelation chapter number 3 two and three, and then specifically Revelation chapter four, when he heard a voice from up there in heaven that says, come up here and I will show you the things which must take place after this. After what? After the churches. Now, everybody who is saved, everybody is in heaven above. Now, all the saved saints of all the ages are gathered before the throne of God and they sing a song you are worthy to receive the scroll and to open the seals thereof because you have, you have saved us. You have saved us from every tongue and tribe and kindred and nation from all over the planet. God is from one blood created all the nations of the earth. And then the lamb takes the scroll, opens the scroll, bang, out comes the rider of that white horse there of Revelation chapter 6. That's the Antichrist. Is not... The rider of the white horse of Revelation 19:11. Why? Because he has a crown and he has a bow. You don't talk about arrows there. He goes out conquering and to conquer. But Revelation 19, he wears many crowns. He has a garment dipped in blood. His name is the Word of God. He is the King of Kings. And with a mouth with a sword that comes from his mouth, he destroys the Antichrist in that day. And the Antichrist and the false prophet are cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where they shall be forevermore. And the devil in Revelation 20 from verse number 9 and 10 will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. So the beast, the false prophet, and the Antichrist are the first three to find their way into the lake of fire and brimstone. Then comes the eternal judgment, the great white throne judgment. So now, We all have family members that have gone ahead of us, right? Also, we have hope. We're not like people without hope. Also, we know that we do not have to concern ourselves with what happened with the Antichrist because that comes afterwards and the church will depart first. First Thessalonians, God is the God of order and it tells you in 4 verse 23, tells you about the departure of the church. Did you get anything out of that? Prophecy is there to give you faith, not doubt. You should be strong in the Lord and you should feel in your heart that you are convinced in Christ Jesus that you will live eternally. Will you rise to your feet? Give the Lord a praise offering. If you believe in Jesus Christ unto the salvation of your souls, if you believe He is your King, if you believe He is the Lord of your life, Give Him a proper praise offering because through Him we live and move and have our being. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let me pray for you. I'll see you then tonight as we move with the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank You that as we look at Thessalonica, we look at what happened there, the encouragement, the love, and the encouragement of Paul. And again it goes on, the assurance of Paul That only after that, the Antichrist will manifest in the last hour. Lord, you've given us the faith. You call us your church. You call us the called out ones, the ecclesia. You call us the saints in the light. You call us people that shine as bright as lights. Oh yes, Lord, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. So cause us to be holy in the fear of the Lord and finish this road. In Jesus' name, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance over you. Be gracious to you. In Jesus Christ's name, and all God's people say, Amen. God bless you. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com